John chapter number 6, verse number 9. If you're saved, say amen. amen. Y'all a little quiet this morning, so I may feel like I'm in a Presbyterian church. And so y'all just have to help me every once in a while. Just woohoo, or whoopee, a hot dog or something, all right? Verse number 9 is the only verse that we'll read as our text and we'll pray and, and get right into the message. Uh, John chapter 6, verse number 9. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I want to read that very first phrase again. It'll be our title to the message. There is a lad here. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for bringing our folks in this morning and for allowing us to lift up your name in songs and, Lord, in the testimony that we heard, Lord, in in the hands that were raised. We praise you for those things. And, God, we do give you the glory. You've been awful good to us, Lord. Every single one of us are alive this morning. We don't have uh, any uh, deathly diseases and God, we praise you for that. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to get out of bed this morning, to get dressed, and to come to your house. We pray now, Lord, as we try to open your word, that you would just, Lord, honor us and meet with us today. Father, as we've studied and as we've asked for your help in this, God, you've blessed us. And so we pray, Lord, as has been said today, that you'd allow us to be able to share, uh, Lord, with your people what you've shared with us. And God, we pray today that you'd bless us as only you can. We give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a lad here. There are, in this passage, if you read it, uh, there are at least 5,000 men. I believe that there are many more than that. Uh, I believe at least 5,000 men. There are women and there are no doubt children uh, in this crowd as well. Uh, they have been in the heat uh, they have been with no shade, uh, and they've come, if you look in verse number 2, I believe it is, uh, they've come to listen to Jesus. It says in verse 2, a great multitude followed Him. They wanted to see His miracles uh, that He did on them that were diseased. So they wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to hear uh, some things that He spoke. And, and this just kind of hit me. Um, nowhere really in the first 14 verses do you see that Jesus even said anything. Now, he did say one thing, then he blessed, but he didn't say anything to the crowd. He said something to his disciples, and we'll get to that in a minute. But they came for the sole purpose to see Jesus and to see him do miracles and to hear him preach, but he doesn't preach in any of these verses here. But they've come to hear Jesus, and they've waited. If you look at verse number 1, it says that Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is in the Sea of Tiberias, but it says that Jesus, in verse 3, went into a mountain, and there He sat with the disciples. As you go on in verse number 5, Jesus lifted up His eyes and saw a great company come unto Him, and His first words were to Philip. So let me just say this, just kind of to, to knit, put the, the bow, I guess you might say, on the introduction. We've come to this place where Jesus, no doubt, and we've read it many times before, He's about to do a miracle. He's about to show um, really what he's capable of. He's turned the water to wine. Uh, he has healed the, the uh, I believe it was a centurion's servant. He's done some things, and those would cause me to believe in him. 
uh, but he is about to do a miracle and turn five loaves and two fishes into so much that it can feel uh, that it could feed over five thousand men, women, and children. And uh, the text that we read today is verse number nine, and I want us to focus in on this. There is a lad here. Of all these 5,000 people, there's one person that's pointed out, and that was this lad. I don't know. Y'all can count how many people are here. I really don't know. doesn't really matter to me all that much. But if, um, if maybe God needed you here for a reason to bless somebody else, I wonder if you'd be willing to do that. They were There were over 5,000 people here, Brother Jody, but only one young boy, one lad was called out. And he was called out by, by the main people, the disciples and Jesus. Let's get into the message. Let's give you this. I want us to know, first of all, we're, we're preaching on this thought. There is a lad here. I want us to see in verse number 5 that Jesus recognized the problem. Jesus lifted up his eyes. He saw a great company. This is verse 5. Great company come unto him. He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Jesus questioned his disciples, where can we go and buy bread? They were out in the wilderness of Judea. They were out in the wilderness. There was no Walmart. There was no Dollar General. There was no uh, handy store or gas station, Bubba. None of that was around. They couldn't got any, uh, any, in, in no sustenance whatsoever. They would have had to have left and gone into town. In matter of fact, I believe it was Philip, uh, he said 200 penny worth in verse number 7 of bread is not sufficient. In other words, he said, Jesus, all we got in the coffers, if I could say it in modern terms, is $2. We got 200 pennies. That won't even buy a loaf of Marita white bread. Somebody help me right there. It might buy a loaf of that stuff that they buy, that they make at the bakery, or they say they make at the bakery. It might buy you one or two loaves of that, but... Buster back there shaking his head. He said, no. Uh, so uh, Philip said, listen, Jesus, there's, there's a whole bunch of people here. Even if we went somewhere, there's no way we could buy enough for them. But Jesus recognized the problem. Can I say, can I say today that Jesus still recognizes your problems today? You may have come here today thinking, well, I don't really have any problems, but God knows what your problem is. God knows the intents of your heart. He knows what's coming in the mail tomorrow. He knows the email that you'll get or the knock on your office door or the knock on your house door. He knows the text or the phone call that you may get when you come out of this church building today. God knows the problem. And I believe before we ever got to verse number 3 and Jesus lifting up His head and seeing the multitude, I believe He already knew that there were people there and there was a work to be done. And we'll we'll focus on that here in just a little while. But I want us to know today that as Jesus recognized this problem, Philip answered, it's not sufficient. Let me tell you something. Every child of God, and you can be super spiritual if you want, but I believe every child of God at some point in their life are going to look at their problem and they're going to say, what I have is not enough to fix this. Somebody help me right there. Well, the truth of the matter is, Brother Bob, Nothing that we have is able to fix our problem. 
You may be able to, to, to fix problems with, with finances or with a hug or with a gentle kiss on the cheek or on a boo-boo for one of these little kids. But I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to spiritual problems and spiritual warfares and spiritual needs, there's nothing that you and I can do to help them. David, he didn't say it, but the songwriter said he did it. The battle's not mine. Lord, it's yours. I'm in your favor. Listen to me. the trouble that we face, the troubles that outweigh our our provision. There were over 5,000 people, Kaylee. They didn't have but 200 pennies. There's no way they could have fed them. 200 pennies worth of bread, Brother Kenny. As long as I got some butter, it wouldn't have lasted very long at all. I can promise you that. But Philip said, it's not sufficient. Look, look with me. Verse number 7. I believe it's verse number 7. May not be. I don't know. Make it up if you got to. Yeah, it is. Verse number 7. 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. He said, even if they were to take just a little bit, it's not sufficient. Our responses to Christ are so many times so full of doubt. Brother Ryan Goins and I had been having this ongoing conversation over the last week and he was talking about uh, the scripture where Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And uh, then in uh, in one of Paul's writings, he said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. And and uh, he says, avoid childish things and on and on. And so there were two two phrases, being childlike and being childish. And I believe there's a difference. I believe most of the times in the weakness of our faith, we become childish. We stomp our spiritual foot and we raise spiritual cane and we wonder why can't we have this and why can't we get over this trouble? Why can't we feed the 5,000 in our soul? But Jesus doesn't want us to be childish. He wants us to be childlike. He wants us to have a faith. He doesn't want us... And I'm not trying to beat up Philip. I'm not trying to beat up Philip for what he said. But I'm telling you, church, sometimes we get to that point where Jesus says, hey, here's a need. And we immediately say, well, ain't no way we can help. That's childish. The childlike faith would be, okay, God, what do you want us to do? Okay, God, I, you know, I, I do have 200 pennies here. Will that help? But instead, Philip... He shook the little bag, brother, brother Lee, and he said, all we got is 200 pennies. We can't do anything to satisfy these folks. Jesus recognized the problem. Number two, Andrew finds the solution. Andrew finds the solution. Look with me, verse number eight, verse number nine. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there is, now I get excited every time I, I read this phrase. So if I just, just kind of take off by myself, y'all just, just bear with me. There is a lad here. It does not say there is a lad. It does not say I've heard of a lad. It does not say there is a lad on the way. It does not say there is a lad in town. It says there is a lad here. Now y'all get a hold of this this morning. He says there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. Okay, so he is, Andrew has found the solution. But even in the solution, and I can't get there yet, but he says, but what are they among so many, so many? What, what, what are they? 
Jesus, I found kind of a, a, a little bit better than Philip. I, I've got I got five loaves and I got two fishes, but what are they among so many? Andrew finds a solution. There's nothing said about this lad, really. There's no word of his background. There's no word if his if he got his mom and daddy and twelve brothers and sisters. None of those things. There's nothing mentioned about his age. Just this one simple line. There is a lad here. I want you to know something today. You could be. You could be the lad that God wants here. To feed someone else's 5,000. I need you all to think about that for a minute. You may be here today for the, the sole purpose of helping somebody else. God may have brought you several miles away here. You don't feel like being here. You don't want to be here. You care nothing about being here, but you are here. And what you have God wants to use to bless someone else. That is here. Listen to this. Andrew found the problem, found the solution to the problem rather. Notice, there's nothing said about this boy. But I can tell you this of absolute assurance, and I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but I want to be that lad. It was an odd sensation when we left our camp meeting and I was on the platform every single service, and it just—and I'm not—it just felt like I was in the spotlight all the time. And then to leave that and to go down to Brother Tory Dismukes in McLean, Florida, and to just sit there—it felt weird, Brother David. It felt weird. I felt like, well, I need to be. Don't misunderstand me, but I felt like, you know, I need to be up on the stage. I need to be doing this, but. God says, no, I got you I got you right where I want you. I want you to be here. I want you just to stay. And I want you to listen. And I want, I want you now to be blessed. And I'm going to tell you something. Brother Bobby, God forevermore blessed me. Was it you that I was messaging every single night? 12 o'clock I was messaging Bobby. And I, I know you and Nick probably said, this fool's crazy. But I was having a good time. I'm telling you what, I was having a good time. Wednesday night the meeting ended. Wednesday night, right? We didn't get out of church until 10.30. And I was so excited. I was sad that it had to end. But I was so excited that I didn't even know. God was so real in there, I had no idea that it was 10.30. I said that to say this. I want to be that lad. I want to be able to go to church and I want to be ready to do what God wants me to do even if that's to sit there and not say a word. But if He wants to open my lunchbox and take out a loaf of bread and feed somebody with it, I want to be that lad. If He wants to take it all and leave me with nothing and leave me empty, as long as it helps to fill someone else, I want to be that lad. I've said it for years. You ask any any pastor, especially if they have working men in their church that make fun of him and say, one of these days you're going to get up early and go to work. Yeah, I'm praying for y'all still. But you ask any pastor, when they get done preaching, they are empty. They are tired. and They are weary. Can I say, as the pastor of this church, 
whether I hold a title, whether my name is on on in magazines or on a website somewhere, I want to be that lad. Nothing is known about him. Nothing is said about him. He was just there. He was where he was supposed to be. And he had just a little bit. But we don't even see, Brother Bobby, we don't even see where he said, no, that's my lunch. No. we, Brother Jim, we don't even see that interaction. But I believe it's because there was no interaction. Can you use it? Ooh, I want to be that lad. G.W. Lane, he, he wrote this, and I disagree wholeheartedly with him. He said, the fact that a lad was there was of no significance. It was what he had that made him important. No, no, I disagree. It was what he had that God used. But if the old boy hadn't have been there, God couldn't have used it. He'd have had to use somebody else. I want to be that lad. I want God to use me. I want him to take the little bit that I have and use it. Mm. Jesus, number three. I don't remember what all I've told you. Number three, Jesus said, Make the men to sit down. Look at it in verse number 10. Make the men to sit down. There was much grass in that place. So the men sit down to number about 5,000. They've been standing. And not now Christ makes every one of them sit down. It reminded me of Psalm 46, verse number 10. Be still and know that I am God. Have you ever been in a place where where uh, maybe maybe it's at a wedding or a graduation or so and it's, and, you know, the, the, the music plays and somebody's got to be coming down the aisle and everybody's supposed to stand. Have you ever noticed the noise that takes place when everybody stands? You ever notice that? I mean, it's not quite deafening, but it's loud. Even if I were to ask you right now if you would stand, there'd be people grabbing a hold of the pews and there'd be some of us old folks saying, oh, and getting up on our knees and there'd be knees cracking and hips popping and, and ankles popping and, and there'd be huffs and breathing and there'd be moving around and all. And Jesus says, I don't want any of that. The psalmist said, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes God says, listen, there's 5,000 people here, but there's one lad here, and I'm fixing to do a work. Now I need everybody to be still. He said over there in Psalm 27, verse number 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Jesus said, make the men to sit down. You may be here this morning and, and you may be ready. I mean, you, you're standing up. Spiritually, I'm talking about you're standing up. You're ready to fight. You're ready to go. You're ready to plow. You're ready to work. You're ready to do something for God. And God says, sit down. Can I give you some instruction? Sit down. That may be, good God, that may be God saying, I've got a lad here that has a lunch that's about to be blessed and you're going to be a recipient of it. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe some of them might have said, well, I ain't sitting down. I've waited all this long. I ain't sitting down. I ain't waiting no more. I'm going to have. Might have been some of that. 
don't know. But he says, make, this, make the men to sit down. And they sat down. And what comes next? What comes next? Is, oh, goodness gracious. We talked about that lad being there. We talked about that little lunch that he had. But very next is that Jesus took it. Now he's got everybody still. He's got everybody quiet. Everybody's on the same level. Have you ever seen somebody? I'm just going to kind of make something up. Have you ever seen somebody that they're, I mean, they're just getting hammered? I don't know. Brother Jody, I'm. Brother Jim, they're getting hammered. I mean, getting made fun of and everything else. And, and it's a little fella. It's a little fella just giving you down the road. And all of a sudden, you stand up and that little fella looks up. And he starts taking a step back. Well, when you're sitting down, you don't look that imposing. I don't mean this way it's going to sound, but you kind of look normal sitting down. I know... I prefaced it by saying it's going to sound bad. But when Brother Jim stands up, he's a giant of a man. He takes after his daddy, a giant of a man. All these men that were out there standing up, and you had short, you had tall. Every time I say short, you have short, you have tall, you have thin, you have fat. But sitting down, everybody was on the same level. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. But listen to what happened next. Abby Grace, he got everybody on the same level. And then Jesus took that little boy's lunch. He took that little boy. That little boy that was there. That little boy that had just five loaves and two fishes. Jesus took it. Y'all think about it. You're here this morning. You're here at Lighthouse Baptist Church. That, that You're in the right direction. You know, hopefully you've got your heart open and you're saying, God, this is all I've got. Well, guess what God wants to do? He wants to take it. And He wants to bless it. Jesus, in verse number 11, took the loaves. Do you remember that lad? Jesus took all that He had. Remember what I said? I want to be that lad. I want to be the one that gives it all to Christ. He blessed it. He gave it out to eat. Looking inside that little basket, I don't even know how big it was. Maybe it wasn't even in a basket. I don't know. Maybe it was just wrapped up in a napkin. Or a little coker sack or something. Croker sack, something like that. Maybe it was just just a little bundle. It didn't seem like much. Almost seemed laughable. There's all these grown men out there and this little bit boy, this lad, he's got his own little, he's got, he's got his, he's got his little package of, of sardines and barley saltine crackers. What he's got. Doesn't look like much. The difference is, Jesus took it. I remember years ago, and this just kind of came to me, but years ago there was a, uh, I don't know, maybe an article or something that talks about, you know, uh, uh, a baseball in, in my hand is worth $3, but a baseball in, in some, just I don't know, somebody give me a baseball player's name, him, whoever that is, 
it's worth thousands of dollars. Basketball in my hand is worth $15, but a basketball in the hand of Michael Jordan is priceless. On and on and on. These, these five loaves of bread, these three loaves of fishes, or three fishes, two fishes, they, they seem insignificant. But in the hands of Jesus, Jesus took it. And in the hands of Jesus, it fed multitudes. I want us to not forget verse number 6. Brother David's been teaching on things are not always as they seem. Verse number 6. All of this is played out now. Jesus has fed the 5,000. Hadn't even got there, but Jesus, He gave thanks. He distributed to His disciples in verse number 11. Verse number 12, it says, They were filled. And He told His disciples, Gather up the fabric, fab, fab, what was left, that nothing be lost. Verse 13, Therefore they gathered together, filled, 12 baskets with the fragments of the five, five barley loaves. There's plenty left over. But look at verse number 6. He had just said, "What shall we? when shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse number 6. And this he said to prove him, to prove Philip. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, We don't have enough money to feed all these people. Just don't forget number 6. Jesus knew all along what He was going to do. I believe He knew all along that there was a need and that there was a lad and that the lad had five loaves and two fishes. I believe that He knew that these folks would eat and that they would be filled and that they would have twelve baskets of leftovers. But He asked that simple question to Philip. And we don't hear a whole lot from Philip either. He asked Philip, where can we get bread? He knew what Philip would say. He knew what Philip was going to do. I asked you the question this morning. If Jesus asked you, how can you help this person? Do you begin to think about how everybody else can help them? Or do you think about how God can use you to help them? What about Andrew's statement? But what are they among so many? I've already said it didn't look like much. But neither did Moses' rod. Yet look at what all God used that little... I don't want to be sacrilegious, but look how God used that stick. What about Elijah's mantle? As soon as as Elisha took it up, he smote the Jordan just like Elijah did. And it parted. He walked across. And for decades, God used Elijah's mantle in ways that Elijah was never used. He used that mantle for Elisha. What about David's sling? said he picked out five smooth stones, but as far as we know, he only used one. He had Saul's 
armor. He said, I can't, I can't go. He essayed to go. He said, I have not proved thee. He took it off. What about that widow's cruise of oil? The New Testament, I believe it's in Luke. It says that 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 widow's famine that she was in, I believe it was for three and a half years. <clears throat> Some people would say that that cruise of oil and that that flower, that it lasted forever, all of her life. I don't know. I don't have any problem with believing that, but I believe at the very least it lasted through the famine. It sustained her through the famine. Are you... This morning, are you available for God? Are you willing to be that lad? Let's come with a song of invitation. Are you willing to be that lad? That one that's unassuming? That one that's laughable? That one that sticks out like a sore thumb? Maybe you're odd, like me. Maybe you're laughed at. Maybe you're ridiculed. Maybe you're shunned. Are you ready to be that lad that's there? Are you willing to give God all you've got? We, we showed no record that this boy had anything else but these, this bread and this fish. Had nothing else. But we see that Jesus took it. He blessed it. He broke it. He distributed it. Are you willing to give God all you've got? God. We don't need to worry about how big or how small what we have is. We just need to let Him take it. We need to let Him bless it. And we need to allow Him to use it. It may be in a song, maybe in a message, maybe in a testimony. It may be outside somewhere it may be in a dollar given to somebody that you don't know why you're giving it to it may be in stopping to pray for someone that you saw in a parking lot or in a store somewhere it may be God calling you into the ministry it may be God calling you to a mission field somewhere And I found that a lot of folks, they they would rather submit to the ministry or to a mission field than this last one. God may be calling you to service. He wants you to work. Are you willing to do whatever it is God wants you to do? There is a lad here. There's someone here this morning that has exactly what God wants to use to bless somebody. Stand, Brother David. What do we sing?